show party people. Uh, you know, I think at one point today I um angrily say what I might just put on my tombstone uh if I would <laughs> have died in my prior life. Um, but I think my favorite part of all of this work is the evolution of what this work is. And so much of that falls in line with the evolution of a human being. And I just, I can't say enough how much I appreciate all of you holding space for the growth of a human being. You know, I, we've just been through a lot if you've listened to this whole show. And it wasn't always good. And I don't think it was always helpful. I think the bigger picture of what this will be will be helpful. But I can say if you were listening like right alongside as I was producing, it probably wasn't all that helpful. But maybe it was. But I think the bigger picture of what this is is helpful now. But I realize how probably unhelpful it was if you didn't know where we were going to end up. But now that we're here and we're in a healthy place (laughs) for a bigger percentage, because it's not all health. Don't even kid yourself. You know, if you listen, um, for a bigger percentage of the day, this is health. Um, And that's a big deal. So we're talking about that journey and about how crazy it's all been to get to where we are now. Uh, Okay, that's all. Let's go. Welcome to season three. Um, I would love to tell you that season three is full of so many twists and turns and craziness that's going to come in. And honestly, it could be. But this podcast is my own personal journal of escaping from what I deemed a life that wasn't really fit for me. And that started in season one, rooted in the fact that my dream had died and I didn't know what my goals were in life anymore. And as we've walked through the valley of what that looks like and everything encompassing, we've been recording. And so I'm excited to be going into season three. I don't know what's in store for us, but I can tell you that from season one to now, every day feels a little bit better and a lot more aligned. So I'm excited that you're here. If you're just finding this today in season three, um, you can go back and find all the past episodes. I started at around the age of 30 recording this podcast um, every weekday, working through this really painful point in my life. And we're just starting into season three. And I'm excited to see where we get. It's a whole lot of entrepreneur, creative vibes that are going out into this world. And the more that I get to experience that, the better 
that I feel. So gear up, load up, and let's all go out and change the world however that looks for us. But more than anything, let's forgive ourselves for our dream dying and start getting back to rebuilding after that. Hey party people, how you doing? This is the Death of a Dream podcast where, I don't know, hopefully our dreams come true. And I guess this really is about calling your shot, right? Uh, So let's go ahead and ground ourselves in all of our ooey gooey greatness. We can't even help it. It feels so good. We can't stop doing it. We like want to because we're like, I'm pretty sure this is unhealthy and super egotistical and I'm not sure, um, but we can't stop because it just feels great to feel great. Even if it's just one little itty bitty thing. Uh, okay. So <laughs> my great thing from yesterday was this very thing. I have been waiting for the words to flow through me. And that sounds crazy, right? Because it's like, Hannah, you're writing a book. Just write the book. Sit and write the book. I don't want to write the book out of being forced to write the book, right? Like I've always been waiting for the words to flow. And I've been struggling. So I got chapter, I got the intro done. I got chapter two and three done most of three, but I was struggling with the bridge between intro and chapter two. Like there's a very important piece of that story that comes before any of this was possible. And originally when I first had words flow, I thought that this was going to be the bulk of the book was this bridge that I'm looking for right now. And it, wasn't like I could tell that that wasn't it, that we weren't going down the right path, but the words were still flowing. So I just wrote, and I knew that this was a very important piece of the story, but I could understand then that this was not the focus of the story. So we kind of pulled back and the words stopped flowing, but there, that was important because one, it made me realize how vital that was. Right. And so I knew that that had an important piece to this, but I knew that it wasn't the focus of the book. Right. And so I had this epiphany probably a week ago, and I've been working on writing and doing more writing. And I have this epiphany that, like, chapter one wasn't chapter one. That's actually chapter two. There's a chapter that needs to be, that needs to come before all of this. And so I've just been waiting for that chapter to flow in. And yesterday it flowed. It made sense. I was running. I have this realization that this is how we connect to that. This is how we bridge that and make this make sense. And boom. There it is. Chapter one, done. Done. Finito. And now we can keep going. Um, But it just, it felt like a piece that needed to be there and a piece that I could tell was missing. And I was still willing to write when the words flowed for the other chapters, but I knew to leave space because I knew that chapter one would come back 
and make sense eventually. And so that is my great thing. We finish chapter one of, mm, I'll go ahead and title it The Death of a Dream. I'm not sure that that will always be the title, uh, but that is what I shall title it. And yeah, it feels really amazing. I, I sort of have an interesting writing process and I have never written professionally. I've never taken any classes on writing. I pretty much write how I speak. And so maybe it's nonsensical and it all flows in a different way that makes no sense, but then eventually all makes sense. And maybe not until you've listened for a long time, does it, but eventually it all makes sense. And so when I'm writing, I tend to outline write. That's probably not a thing. I'm certain that I'm making up my own writing style. <laughs> there is no journalist major that's sitting here going, this person should write a book. Either way, I'm figuring out my own way to it because that's what I find works for me is me creating my own way. I find when I stop to adopt other people's ways, it tends to slow me down from what I'm actually capable of. And so creating my own way is important to me. And so I'll write like outline-ish, which is like the key points. And it's still in paragraph style and it's still in a normal way of writing. But then like, I'll go back and fill or beef or whatever um, the rest of it. But that's how it tends to flow. It'll flow in like outline type ideas of like, here are the high points of that. And then the rest of it will flow later with like the full bulk of the actual story. And I don't know. So yesterday I got the highlight version and we got all of that down on paper or computer screen, whichever. And it felt amazing and it feels great because even though the rest of the words were flowing, that was always like the missing puzzle piece in the back of my mind. It's like, yeah, it's cool. I have the whole outline of the puzzle, but I'm missing one piece of the outline. And I know that every time that I'm looking in the middle of that puzzle with all those puzzle pieces, and I know that I'm still filling in the middle and that I got a long way to go. And so essentially this one little puzzle piece on the outside edge doesn't really matter, but it's still driving me batshit crazy. Like I can't even help it. I know that it's missing. I know that it's there somewhere. And I know that it's just right. Like it's just the corner piece. I should be able to find that. There's no reason that there's one that's missing. Is it missing from this puzzle piece completely? Like, do we not even have the puzzle piece? Are we not even going to be able to complete this puzzle? Like, come on, it's got to be here somewhere. And so, you know, as you're sorting through those in the back of your mind, you're always just hoping that you'll find that outside piece and knowing that it's easier to find than all of the other pieces. And so it like haunts you, right? And it's always pulling, even if it's just a fraction of your attention. And so inevitably, it's a huge distraction because even a fraction of your attention pulls your presence from where you need to be when you're completing the rest of the puzzle. And so for me, yikes, I got to find that outside puzzle piece. I'm not even sure 
that the rest of this project is even worth continuing until I find that. And yes, I will obsess over it. And yes, I will go until I find it. Or I will completely just throw the entire project away because it's not even worth doing. And this book has been written three times, right? I've got three versions of this book written and I still know that every version that's come before version three was missing an outside puzzle piece, was somehow missing the flow that was necessary to bring this to life. And so I never know, right? So I'm working on version three right now, and maybe version three becomes that missing puzzle piece and we never finish the outside, right? But... Even finding flow and allowing myself to wait for it to flow is maybe the bigger learning overall. Is like when I'm forcing it, it can't flow. When I am focused on completing the task at hand, but completely focusing my attention on what's missing, right? And and even if it's just like 25% of my attention, my full presence is necessary in order for me to bring something to life. And so maybe the lesson is to just let it flow, which maybe has been the lesson all along. And here we are. End of podcast. Thanks for listening to The Death of the Dream for so many years. That was the lesson. Goodbye. I'm signing off for the final time. It's been great to get to know all of you. So long. Just kidding. Never. This work is never done. Come on. Lessons are always going to be ongoing. The coolest part is like the evolution of a human being. Right? And that story doesn't end until my life does. So if you want to be here, you'll get to live it all with me. Okay? Let's do this. Uh, So that's my great thing. Chapter one flowed in and made sense of what has sort of been eating at me for a little while with this book. I didn't know how to bridge. And I, I, I built the bridge yesterday. Amen. The bridge is built. Let's walk across it, shall we? Let's finish version three of this book. Okay, so go ahead and ground yourself in all of your greatness. I can't, I can't let you do anything else. It's so very, very important. Uh, Okay, so today, we're talking about, I don't know, people. This is sort of where I'm at in life right now. I've begun to realize that I My brain has to be challenged. And when it conquers a challenge, when that just becomes a normal, regular habit, my brain starts seeking more. And I used to think, and in the old matrix in which I existed, I used to think that that just meant that like it was time for a promotion or maybe I needed to push to make more money or maybe, and yeah, like I do need more challenge. So maybe I need to be a manager or a leader or something like that. And none of those things would happen because they weren't supposed to. And, or because (laughs) I don't know why they didn't. Okay. We're not going to get into that today Uh, because they were not supposed to, but like 
I forever was craving more of a challenge, which I would internalize and sort of materialize as I needed more money or I needed more of a title. There was always this something that I was chasing. And I think the bigger importance of all of this work is this idea that there's nothing to chase or attain, right? And possibly, Miss Hannah, and I'm still learning all of this, but here's what's even more possible. Maybe that's what I had to figure out before I was capable of handling what was going to come to me. And I think I've always known that there was something that I needed to learn before everything could flow to me. That there was like this necessary evolution of a human that had to take place. And so I think the evolution, the evolution, <laughs> I was going to say health and evolution, <laughs> the evolution, my friends. Now, I think the evolution was the most important part because I had to be healthy. And I wrote this yesterday in a portion of the book. It was like, I didn't want to become more of what I was. And I knew that the blessings would make me more of what I was. And if I was being completely honest, I was miserable. And so if a blessing was going to flow to me, and that was probably going to happen no matter what, right? If I just sucked it up for a matter of time, blessings would flow. Abundance would flow. I would get everything I was asking for. But I had to really know what I wanted and what I was asking for. And more than anything, I needed to be in a position where I was blessed and able to spread lightness versus darkness. And had I been blessed back then, I would have been given abundance and ability to spread the darkness that I was in. I would have become more dark, more spiteful, more miserable. Because that's what blessings do. They make you more of what you already are. And so, right, abundance has this beautiful way of doing that. And I don't question my abundance whatsoever. <laughs> like, I've actually never seen proof of me not getting what I asked the universe for. I've never, it's never actually happened um, when I believed in myself first, right? But it seems like my path and my journey has always been leading me back to this like bigger healing that needed to take place first, because this is the thing for someone who is so consistent, it's obnoxious, so capable, it's obnoxious right? Like, why would it be important for that person to learn something? Because they could take that, apply it, and go be successful in anything. And I don't really question that anymore. Um, I think I used to, or I used to like 
sort of raise my eyebrow at like, am I the smartest person here? Am I extremely capable or am I like actually the dumbest person in the room? And then I wait for someone to acknowledge that I was extremely capable. And I'm not waiting for someone to acknowledge that anymore. Like I see that in myself. And I think that's the bigger piece of all of this healing is to see how capable you are. And I had to see how capable I was before anyone else would be willing to. So that's the gist, right? And I read this thing on Enneagram 7s yesterday, and I felt like it was such a cool breakdown of where we've been in this show, in this journey, and super important for me as I continue to reflect on my life and where we're going and what we're capable of and how some things have stopped me and how they probably shouldn't have. So this is going to blow your entire mind if you've listened to this entire show. So the unhealthy state of an Enneagram 7, which I am an Enneagram 7. Hello. I don't know if we've met before, but it's lovely to meet you. Um, So (laughs) the unhealthy state of an Enneagram 7 is they look for anything to ease their suffering. This can cause them to be impulsive without a sense of when enough is enough. They're prone to addiction and escapism, escapism. There we go. At this level, they can be offensive and blunt. Hey, I don't know if you've listened to season one, um, but if I could put the description of the podcast down, it might be the unhealthy state of an Enneagram seven. (laughs) Okay. So then the average state of an Enneagram seven is they struggle to focus and are constantly seeking new ideas and experiences. They're the jack of all trades, the connoisseur and the consumer. They are preoccupied with money, options, and what is trendy at the moment. I don't know if you've listened to season two of the podcast, but there was a moment in time where I was certain that I was going to do an adventure blog um, based on my hiking adventure in Akeen because I thought that Keens were certainly the curse to this world. And somewhere in the evolution of my own being, I have realized that I do actually enjoy nature and all the things that come along with it. And so at one point in time, I was convinced that my path back to nature would be through this shoe and through my commitment to this shoe and its ability to bring me into the outside world, into the outdoors and making all of that capable. Okay. Like that was just one instance. There are many instances on that show (laughs) in season two. And that was like the average being. And so when I say that this evolution was important, like this evolution had to happen. I can't function with the way that my brain works. I'm not capable of functioning effectively unless I am in a healthy state. Because what happens is like my brain starts running and racing and getting lost. And so this project, this 
work has helped me to find presence and the importance of presence in separating the moments and making sure that I am responsible for my own presence, making sure that I am tapped into my own presence and paying attention to it in its entirety as I navigate this new world. Because for someone who's capable of running and becoming successful at alarmingly high rates, it is vital that I find presence. It is vital that I protect presence above all else. And that may not be what's important for other people, but for me, that is of utmost importance. Because I will run. And you best believe that if there is a trophy to win, I will show up until everyone else has died of famine. You will not outlast me. You will not out-consistency me. You can't, even if you try. I'm telling you, I have this obscene way of outlasting things. It one of the ways that I have built championship teams that may have been our calling card. Why? Because it's pretty much all that I know. I don't really know talent. I don't really know anything that wins other than just showing up and sometimes ending up with the trophy because everyone else fell down along the way. It's practice. It's process. It's being willing to show up and do the things that other people may do for a little while while it's cool, but then fall off later. And so someone who has that capability and then you mix that with like, I don't know, the ability to process and internalize and focus and all those things. Cool. Really cool to have that ability. Awesome. But imagine someone in an unhealthy state with that ability. And you probably don't have to imagine it because good friends, I lived that for a good portion of this podcast, of this show. (laughs) But this is what I want to share with you now. The healthy state of an Enneagram 7. They allow themselves to experience life in depth. They become grateful for the present moment. Instead of focused on the good they will feel in their future plans, they are in awe of the simple things in life. They believe in the goodness of humanity and the universe. And I can confidently say that while I bounce in and out of health and average, and sometimes even unhealthy. I am a higher percentage of health than the other right now. And it's 
so inspiring and it's so beautiful because I think so many things flow as a result of us being in a vibration of health. And I've learned a lot from my Enneagram, from Strength Finders, from all the things, um, Working Genius, there's, there's just a lot of things that you could learn about yourself. So you should go find those things. Because when we find those things, we can figure out what health actually is. Because if you had asked me what health was, even two years ago, I would say moving as fast as you possibly can so you cannot possibly think straight. Right? And I would have told you that this is what I'm amazing at. I'm amazing at handling so many things. In fact, that was all that I wanted to be. The person who handled more than anybody else. The person that everyone looked at and they were like, holy crap, how does she do it all? I don't even understand. Like, how is that possible? That's what I wanted to be known for. That's what I wanted to leave as a legacy on this earth. This like condescending, I'm better than everyone because I can keep more balls in the air type vibe. Please bury me and put that on my tombstone. You know what? Actually, if that's what I leave this earth being known for, make a freaking bumper sticker of it. That'll just really send me off into oblivion, happy as a clam. I don't want to leave this earth knowing that people were looking at me and going, oh my gosh, I, I wish that I could do that. I wish that I could be like him. I wish that I could be that consistent. No, I want to leave this earth knowing that I helped people realize how capable they were. That I helped people go after their own dreams because I actually went after my own. That I helped people establish and make sure that they knew who they were in this earth, in this lifetime. Who they were, what excited them, what they wanted to go do. That I helped people allow themselves to explore the dark and the light. And the only result of exploring darkness and light is that you find the truth of who you are. And the truth of who you are may result in, like me, the truth of who I was, which was dark and spiteful and angry and hateful and doing the exact opposite of what I was put on this earth to do, which was be a light. And I couldn't be a light. Because I had to heal the darkness that was inside me first. And so I don't want to be known as the person to look up for to because they were so consistent and they were so capable of holding many balls in the air. Look at them. They're so successful. They work harder than anybody else. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. And I will tell you. That if it was even a year ago, I would have probably told you that that is what I wanted to be known for on this earth. I don't want to be known for those things. I want to be known as the person who like infuses lightness and brightness and beauty into your veins and into your soul and allows you to look inward and find your own truth. And then while not fearless, and then take a chance 
See if it just feels better. Right? And start walking knowing that this person is walking alongside of you. And yes, I had to go before you. And yes, I I had to be this consistent, but I didn't have to be this consistent. So you go, oh my gosh, I have to produce a podcast every day. I had to be this consistent because I wanted to be what I needed when I first started. I needed someone to walk alongside me every single day because you know what? It was hard. It was dark. And I wanted to stop. I wanted to stop. And I didn't. And honestly, it's just because of all of you. And the few of you who were willing to say, I don't think you're that crazy. I would keep going. This is helping me. And now even more people are saying that. And now it's like, you know, people say, I don't know how this is going to help, but I know that it's making me feel better than I was the day before. And it's pushing me and it's challenging me. And even if it's just for a week that you listen, but it challenges you and pushes you to do something or adopt something that you weren't doing before, then it's doing its job. And yes, I had to go before, but I hope someday that I'm not recognized for being the person who consistently pulled this off, who consistently held more balls in the air. I hope that I am the person who consistently fed goodness into your soul. And I can't promise that the entire body of work was goodness into your soul, but I can promise that that's what I hope to be someday. I don't want to be a role model. I want to walk with you. I want to help you through that moment when you feel like stopping. I want to help you through the moment where it feels like you can't get over the next hurdle because you just got over 12 and you were tired and you want to stop, but you keep going. I want to be the beacon, the hope, the light in the tunnel, not at the end. I want to walk with people and I want to see them go reach their dreams and feel so much passion in their soul when they place their feet on the floor that there's no question that they wake up today. I want to send people roaring into this world with passion and dreams and beauty in their soul because that is what the world needs. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, you've made it all the way here. And I do want to tell you that this is like where the real listeners go to get the inside track. Because we have started to work with Brain.fm, which is an incredible meditation, creative focus app, which actually helps with all of those things. Focus, relaxation, creativity, like I utilize it in so many different ways and I didn't realize that it was sort of the music app that I was lacking. And I was excited when they reached out to become an affiliate of this show um, and help my listeners utilize this platform for all the things that we talk about on this show because Music is one of those things that allows you to tap in and go to a higher level quicker than you could if you were just doing it on your own. So this helped so much in my meditative practice. It helped me from the mind wander that was constantly kind of coming up 
it helped when I was in workflow for my mind to not wander into the lyrics of songs. It helped sort of just create this white noise in the background. And then this was the most unexpected help that happened. <laughs> it also helped with like getting my kids to bed and waking them up in the morning. I noticed that the general frequency of what usually would have been an up and down experience sort of level. And we all just experience this common calmness in all those instances where in a lot of nights and mornings, we'd have so many ups and downs, it leveled all of that out. So I'm excited. If you use the code, the death of a dream, you get 10% off of your subscription to that. Now, what I do love about it is that if it's not helping you, you can just end that subscription. So to try it for a month, it might cost you about three bucks. Okay. See if you like it, see if it works for you. And if it doesn't, you can always stop. Um, <laughs> but if it does, I think it's a really great way to tap into this self meditation, focus, presence work that we're always staying conscious of. I will have the link in the show notes every day for you to go ahead and check that on out. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, go ahead and check us, me, it's just me, out on <laughs> all of our socials. I post every day a post with some inspirational I don't know, quotes and movements, um, definitely on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at The Death of a Dream, also on LinkedIn, but I think that's just me. It's just Hannah Ness. Um, but you can check out kind of some daily encouragement to go down, chase your dreams, and live your best life. You can always check back here in the show notes for anything that we might have talked about at some point in the show, anything that I'm creating at this given point. I won't necessarily talk about it on the podcast every single day, but you can always find what I'm working on in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. You, all of you, whether you listen to one episode, five minutes or five seconds, make a difference to me. And I couldn't be here doing this work if no one listened at all. So every person over one is just a bonus. And I feel extremely grateful to be a part of your day. Thank you.